Welcome to Mr. Biz Radio, biz talk for biz owners. During the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a leading business advisor and two-time best-selling author, will cover topics that will help business owners run their companies more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to stop faking the funk and take your business onward and upward, this show is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome to another episode of Mr. Biz Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And this week, we are going to delve into a topic. First of all, we're going to learn some new new terminology. Uh, we're going to talk about how we can limit in our businesses absenteeism and presenteeism. Now, hopefully, you right now, you're the listeners, you guys are out there think, thinking to yourself, what in the heck is absenteeism and presenteeism? And guess what? We're going to tell you what that is, and we're going to tell, help you learn how to limit that in your business because our guest this week is an absolute expert in this. So get this, guys. You want to talk about it? I cannot wait to hear this journey. She was an MIT or MIT engineer, easy for me to say. She worked in Silicon Valley for several years, and now she's the founder of the first ever fully accredited integrative and naturopathic, naturopathic uh, medicine residence program in the state of California. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Dr. Beverly Yates. Hi, Ken. How are you? I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for asking me to be on your show. Can't wait to talk to you and hopefully share some information that your audience can use in their businesses. Yeah, absolutely. So look, as I mentioned, you, just your intro, the bio you have, uh, I cannot wait to hear this. So tell us, please tell us about <laughs> your journey, Dr. Yates. <laughs> <laughs> Not your typical journey, right? Right. So I started out being a person who's a huge fan of science and technology and uh, all those kinds of things. And I had a ham radio background back in the day as a girl. And I always loved the Nova show on PBS. And so I went to MIT, got a degree of bachelor science in electrical engineering, went to work in Silicon Valley. Very, you know, kind of a reasonable trajectory, right? No big surprises there. And as I worked in those jobs, I just realized it was a mismatch for me um, in terms of people contact. It was just so, such a solo thing. And there wasn't a lot of interaction. So even though my work was as a systems engineer, I actually didn't talk to other people very much. That wasn't something that I knew was an issue necessarily. So it was just, it was a misfit for me in terms of my personality, but I still had that intellectual drive, right? So in that journey, uh, I had gotten ill moving from Silicon Valley to the Pacific Northwest, the Silicon Forest, as it's sometime known, the Silicon <laughs> Rainforest. And um, I was hugely helped by naturopathic medicine. It really helped me reclaim my energy. So I found in my early to mid-20s, I've gotten so fatigued, et cetera. And I'm quite sensitive, it turns out, to mold. I didn't know that. So hmm. having found that out, because up there it rains so much, there's mold even on the concrete, right? Like <laughs> That's sure. an unusual environment to be in. And natural medicine, naturopathic medicine specifically, is what helped me get my health back and get my natural energy and joy um, restored. So I was intrigued and being a problem solver at heart, my part of my entrepreneurial journey, that story is that I went from problem solving with things as a systems engineer to problem solving with people, often who have complex chronic health problems as a doctor of naturopathic medicine. And it's been a very um, fulfilling journey. So I'm still that same person with the analytical skills. They're just applied in a different way. Interesting, interesting. So once you figured that all that out and, and determined mm -hmm. sort of what some of your problems were, I, I assume at that point you went back to school? Yes, yes. I went to the National College of Natural 
Medicine. At the time, it was called the National College of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon. It's mm -hmm. now been renamed, and it's a larger um, university. It's the National University of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon. And that's where I first got my degree and then went on to get my license in the state of Oregon and now in the state of California as an acropathic physician. So, you know, that's that's quite a journey. You put in all the work you would expect, like the, the training medical doctors go through, mm -hmm. uh, anatomy, pathology, physiology, biochemistry, pharmacology, you know, all the ologies. Plus, you learn a lot, much more training than medical doctors have in things like clinical nutrition, in the interaction between drugs and supplements and nutrients, um, herbs on their own as botanical medicine and medicine traditions from around the world, including Chinese medicine and other um, disciplines so that you can really give people that comprehensive safety and support. And I think where we shine is in the role of primary care for chronic illnesses, the stuff that makes you miserable. That's mm -hmm. really where I think naturopathic medicine has a particular um, claim to stake to help people to reclaim their health and, and to, to keep it that way. Yeah. So let me ask you this. When you were, let's say, 15, mm -hmm. having those conversations with, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Did you ever think <laughs> in, a million, in a million years that you would end up being a doctor? No, that's such a great question. Thank you for asking me that, Ken. You're probably the first person who asked me this. That's wow. I've done a lot of media and interviews. So good for you, my, my friend. No, <laughs> I did not think I would be a doctor. You know why? The doctors that I saw where I grew up, they were miserable. They were really unhappy people. And they were also not, they didn't appear to have healthy habits. Like I remember one doctor, great guy. He cared deeply about the community. He was a chain smoker. And I remember going with my mom, see him for her appointments. I was young enough, you know, I'd be with my mom. I wouldn't have been at home by myself or with my grandparents. And, you know, he was just puffing away, puffing away. Unfortunately, he <laughs> died in his clinic of a heart attack. Oh, uh, it just wasn't a good example, you know? So I was not attracted to what I'd seen of medicine growing up. I was like, oh, dear God, no, no, thank you. <laughs> this is not for me. <laughs> Well, you know, what's interesting to me, though, is that just like you know, we have all these guests on the show and we've done, you know, hundreds of shows now, mm -hmm. it, you always hear, you know, even though someone who's listening and first tuning in and hearing that we have a doctor on the show, they're probably thinking, now, what's this have to do with business? Exactly. You know, what, the way I look at this, your journey is it's very entrepreneurial in that entrepreneurs, in my mind, almost by definition, find solutions to problems. You bet. You see do. something that's, that, you know, that's needed and necessary mm -hmm. and you create a business out of it or a service or a product or whatever it might be. Um, and, and in my mind, that's, you know, being an entrepreneur in its true, most uh, truest form. And you've de definitely done that. You know, you, you figured that out for your own self, yourself personally and saw that there was an opportunity there to be able to help people. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's very much entrepreneurial. It takes some courage to step out, as you well know, as an entrepreneur and create something that hasn't already existed to answer or address an actual current need, a desire, a want, most importantly, that people are resonant with, that they feel like they need help with, and that they will actually commit their time, money, and good efforts toward. That's absolutely true. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Well, we've only got about a little over a minute here, and I know I want to get into, um, I don't want to dive into it yet, but I want to talk mm -hmm. in the next segment about you, you helping us and telling us uh, about absenteeism and presenteeism. And, uh, you know, the cost associated with that, because um, I think the listeners are going to be uh, it's profound. You, you'll be blown away, guys. Um, then, of course, in the third segment, we're going to get tips from Dr. Yates and she's going to help us how we can limit absenteeism and presenteeism in our businesses. 
And when you hear the definition of the cost associated with this, again, you're going to be blown away. So definitely make sure you stay tuned for that. But I guess, uh, you know, in the in these last several seconds before we uh, we end the segment here, what is um, sort of one thing that you have, one less than $100 purchase that you have, Dr. Yates, you just can't live without? Um, in terms of absenteeism or presenteeism? No, no, just, just, this is a general question. Just something that you've bought that you have in your business, your personal life, mm -hmm. less than a hundred bucks. And you're just like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. I can't live without it. Yeah, man, that is a great question. Uh, you know, it's going to be really simple. I have, um, a heavy duty water flask. That thing is indestructible and hydration is so important. You know, I'm a person who's not naturally thirsty. And for me, I just fill it up every night before my workday starts that way that, that morning you just grab it you yep. know even now if i'm working from home i still grab it so i don't forget to stay hydrated I so for it. me i think that one it costs like 19 bucks you know it's, it's worth everything yeah awesome <laughs> awesome all right we'll come back after the break while we're talking to dr yates business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue producing activities with check off your list and their experienced team of virtual assistants you can focus on growing your business Visit checkoffyourlist.com to learn how Check Off Your List skilled team can handle your day-to-day -day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at checkoffyourlist.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for listening to Mr. Biz Radio. Did you know our show airs seven days a week for more than 30 hours now? If you are in the B2B space and would like to reach thousands of business owners every week, including our more than 250,000 social media followers, our thousands of daily internet radio listeners, our email list fans, and Mr. Biz Solutions members, email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com to become a sponsor. Tap into Mr. Biz Nation to help grow your business. Check out both of Mr. Biz's national best-selling books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show, and it is time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. And this week's tip, love this one, it is take the risk. Business is like the UFC. No one goes undefeated. But you're never going to know if you don't take a shot. You got to shoot your shot. You're never going to know otherwise. Um, very, very important. There's too many people that uh, kind of talk the talk, right? They, they're, they're standing on the porch and they want to be uh, a superstar, but they're afraid to get off the porch. And you're never going to have, have an opportunity to be a superstar, be successful in your business, et cetera, if you don't get off the porch, get off the couch, take the risk. Um, dive in, take a calculated risk, of course, um, but you got to take the risk. There's always risk involved in starting a business, things like that, especially with, uh, you know, we've talked with Dr. Yates, you know, the, the risk that, that, that you took, Dr. Yates, moving from, you know, your career in engineering into, you know, sort of the medicine field. I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, you took a big risk there. Yeah, I sure did. It was a big risk. And at the time, I think I was young enough to not really understand what the <laughs> risk was behind this. To be completely honest, you know, Ken, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was it, it. Actually, worked in your favor. Your your uh, your naivety worked in your favor in this case. Yeah, lucky. I I got lucky. It does not always work out that 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 way. We all know that as business people, right? Sometimes you get bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, so let's get into. I, look, I'm, I'm sure everyone, uh, and I, I already I know some of this, right? Because obviously doing show prep and everything, but. Talk to mm -hmm. us a little bit about, first of all, let's, let's dive into uh, absenteeism. What is absenteeism? 
Sure. So absenteeism is the reality that many, many businesses face and the people who are employees certainly are part of this, right? For all the people, all the human lives we touch as employers. And that is absenteeism is what happens when someone is absent from work um, constantly where they are out and they're not able to do their job well and, it, and they're compromised, so compromised in their performance that they have to miss work and keep missing work. Um, and if they are a key member of your team, you know, sometimes they're not going to be easy to replace. And so that means, you know, that they are just out for an extended period of time. And it doesn't have to be all at once. Like it might not be a three week or a four week, five week thing. It could be three days here, four days there. And it just keeps, keeps happening. Yeah. And so I think everyone can relate to that. And I think, you know, the, one of the keys that I take out of that is the consistency. Right. right. Someone who's not healthy in there, as you mentioned, it doesn't have to be that they're out for a month at a time. It's just it could be periodically. And mm -hmm. we probably, I mean, I know in my corporate career, I've worked with a few folks that were stricken with this type of this type of problem. And it's like, oh, my gosh, every time you turn around and even when I, on my teams, having some folks who suffered from some of this. And it was, as you mentioned, it's very difficult to try to plan as a as a leader in the group for yeah. those people because you just know they're going to be out and so what's plan b who's going to step in now who steps in for that person who stepped in for person a you know mm -hmm. it just becomes yeah. a really really uh massive impact on productivity you're right ken it's it's like this domino effect and i want to make a distinction here for absenteeism it's the practice of regularly staying away from work or it could even be a school place without a good reason these are not people who are necessarily actually ill so this really can be something where you know how people give each other the side eye when they know someone's not pulling their weight on the team mm -hmm. or they have this pattern of behavior where they're just missing work because they're missing work. There's actually nothing wrong with them. It's one thing if somebody has a legitimate reason to miss work. Then if they are ill or they have to care for someone else, that's real. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who are just taking advantage. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, from people that I've mentored, even during my corporate career and, and even now, you know, I tell people, if you wake up and, and if, if, if you're in this position, you'll relate to this. If you wake up in the morning, it doesn't have to be Monday morning, any morning, mm -hmm. and you're already trying to make an excuse to not go to work, meaning <laughs> that you go, oh, <clears throat> oh, man, my, oh, man, my throat's a little scratchy. <sighs> I, should, I probably shouldn't risk giving it to everyone else. I, I, I probably should just stay home today. If I rest for a day, then I'll probably, you know, I'll get over it and I'll be okay. If you're in that mode, and you're already you, you think about that. And you if you're being honest with yourself, it's time for a new job, a new career. It's time to make a change because you're the apathy is killing you. <laughs> and yeah, and, and there in turn, you're killing your your team. <laughs> yeah, there, you're taking out multiple people yourself. Number one, right? If that's the game you're playing and then you're destroying everyone else's contributions as well. So it definitely has this, you know, multiplying domino effect. No question. And what are, what are the, I know you've got some statistics around this. What are the costs uh, annually of absenteeism? Oh my gosh. Absenteeism is something else. Um, for small business, this is actually a big deal. So some of the things we know, if we look at a big number, it's like $226 billion a year. That's B billion right. dollars a year for small business. That's a huge number that you lose from this uh, unfortunate game of absenteeism, right? So that's about $1,700 per employee. That's wow. a number. And it can yeah. be as much as $2,600, $2,700 for um, people who are salaried employees, you know? And so mm -hmm. there's different ways this is measured. But again, business people, you know, if you just Google this sort of thing, you will see it. 
and it's quite, quite real. When I talk to companies of different sizes, uh, whether they are large corporations, medium or smaller, if I'm a speaker, if I'm talking to them about healthcare things, et cetera, um, this comes up all the time about what can we do to improve this? And these are the numbers and it's just a real drag on performance. It also means sometimes it puts people's jobs at risk because it's a hidden cost of payroll. Sure. You can't grow your team if you've got 10% of the team, you know, not showing up effectively. Like they're, they're just not contributing. And, you know, this, this has a, a, an effect where teams don't grow and businesses wind up sometimes having to lay others off who are great performers because other people are, are, are done. You know, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about presenteeism. What, what, is, <laughs> what, what is that, Dr. Yates? Yeah, so presenteeism is the practice or the habit of coming to work despite knowing you are compromised and not taking the time off you need to take off to heal. So people will come knowing, let's say, that they've got a cold or flu and they're hacking and coughing and everybody else has gotten sick. And now in the face of this pandemic, that's really a fine point for sure. those who are still in a common shared airspace kind of a workplace and not working from home. Sometimes people will come who know they're injured and then they wind up getting further injured um, at work because this doesn't make any sense for them to be there if they know they're feeling really depressed and anxious and they're just, they're physically present. Their body is there, but their mind's not there. They're not really able to form it and do their work. And so for presenteeism, that's another aspect of this where they're there and they aren't able to work and everyone around them knows they aren't able to work. They're not fully functioning and it really does harm their individual productivity. If they're part of the team, the team is missing that teammate. It makes a difference. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, I know again, we've got just about a minute left here, but what are some of the, gosh, I'm, I hate to even ask this because this is it's crazy. What are some of the numbers of, uh, behind the costs of presenteeism? Well, uh, the numbers, the research that's been done and, and there's been deep research done on this um, has been for presenteeism, it costs about 150, 150 billion billion dollars per year for businesses that is a big big number yeah so interesting huh that's a lot of money yeah well look you know me as a numbers nerd i look at it and i I look at those two numbers between absenteeism and presenteeism and -hmm. think about on a per employee basis for a small business that's got 10 20 30 maybe 50 employees you know and they have thin profit margins and all of a sudden now that's added in and gosh Guys, think about this. If we could limit that number, right? It mm-hmm. might be it not nearly impossible to completely eliminate it, but if we can limit that number, think about the, the impact that would have on your profitability because your productivity is going to go up. So we're yeah. going to, we're going to, Dr. Yates is going to help us with that during the next segment, and she's going to walk us through some of that stuff. I should mention before we hit the break, if you want to find out more about what Dr. Yates is doing, you can go out to drbeverlyyates.com, drbeverlyyates.com or follow her on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. She has a YouTube channel as well. So go out and check that out and we'll see you after the break. Are you looking for ways to streamline your business? If so, Pulse can help. Pulse is the CRM and marketing automation platform with many features, such as email and text message marketing, project boards, quoting and invoicing, and so much more. If you're a franchise, we also have a franchise specific version with robust franchise management capabilities. Request your demo today at thepulsespot.com. Again, that's thepulse, P-U-L-S-E, spot.com. If you find listening to Mr. Biz Radio is helpful, imagine having live access to not only Mr. Biz, but also five other trusted business experts. It's true. You can have live access to your very own CFO, 
plus a business attorney, a website and digital marketing expert, a sales and growth guru, a financing professional, and a customer experience master. Visit MrBizSolutions.com to learn more. Join Mr. Biz Nation at MrBizSolutions.com. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show. And again, talking this week with Dr. Beverly Yates of drbeverlyyates.com. You can check out more of what she's doing there. And we're talking about, hopefully, you guys are picked yourselves off, off the floor hearing those numbers that it's costing <laughs> each of our businesses for yeah. absenteeism and presenteeism. So with all that said, you got to help us out, Doc. How can we, how can we <laughs> limit this? How can we limit these and the, uh, the, the impacts they're having on our business? Yeah, this is a great question, Ken. So we're going to keep this really practical and actionable. There's some pretty simple things you can do. One is if your business has access to any um, group trainings or to programs, and sometimes these are available through health plans as well, I'm finding there's all kinds of ways to motivate people to do healthy things and to teach them how to do this throughout their day. So let's start with simple things like encouraging healthy nutrition, whether people are working at home or if they're in a shared workplace. I know in this moment with the um, pandemic that the people's work situations are really different. So I want to be able to speak to things that people can do regardless of location. So number one is emphasize healthy nutrition and to encourage people to do simple things like to eat leafy greens with every meal. This would even include breakfast. And I know that sounds strange. Can't do breakfast? Great. Put the leafy greens in at lunch and dinner. Those leafy greens will do a few things and that will help to keep that energized throughout the day. It provides hydration, lots of nutrients and fiber. It's going to help with blood sugar. It's going to help with cholesterol. It's going to help with all kinds of things. Help with your midline too. Some of us in the midst of this pandemic are finding we're not as physically active and we might have a growing waistline. So this is a simple way to help shrink that waistline and keep yourself healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I'm sure a lot of people okay. can relate to that. I know a lot of people yeah. can relate to that for sure. Get a box of pre-rinsed salad greens. It could not be simpler these days. I'm telling you, it's like four or five bucks anywhere in the U.S. You can absolutely do this, folks. Go get those greens. <laughs> Eat them. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Uh, another option would be to have a workstation solution that helps promote health, right? Could be standing desks, could be walking treadmills. Those are help, helpful, helpful, and they have a small footprint. They do not take up a lot of space at all. They're safe to use. And it's easy to just be walking, like you're doing meetings, things like that. Instead of being seated, you'd be on your walking treadmill. Like for myself, I'm usually on it if I'm on a call. I'm not doing it now because I don't want to mess up our audio quality. So I'm yeah. just trying to tell you, this is what I do for myself and I recommend to my own patients. And then I work with businesses, same thing. Make it easy for people to make the healthy choice. Don't make it hard. And, and I'll tell you, Doc, I'm, I'm standing uh, while we're recording this. So, uh, Good for you. That's something so smart. That, yeah, something I do pretty regularly as well. I see, you know, you get to just, uh, especially from my time in the corporate world, you get so sedentary sitting yeah. your butt in a chair in front of a computer screen or at a <laughs> desk. And uh, gosh, it just... For me, it's it, it sounds almost counterintuitive, but for me, when I'm up and moving, I have more energy. You would think, oh, yeah. you're spending energy, you're not going to have as much. No, it, it, some I can't explain it, but it 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 keeps you energized. It keeps me energized, at least I should say. I don't know if it just keeps my energy levels up and and keeps me from being sort of apathetic or or you know kind of slipping into that sedentary uh, mindset or what. I don't know what mm -hmm. it is, but it definitely helps. Ken, you're spot on. You're so smart. You said the magic words, right? It keeps you energetic. You're right. Research has shown sitting slows down our metabolism. Standing 
keeps it moving, keeps it active, keeps it burning those calories for you. It's a free, simple shift. So if you can stand, folks, if you aren't forced to sit, please do. It is a simple change you can make. It's accessible to most of us. And I'd say if it's not going to hurt you, you know, physically, if you aren't in some kind of pain with your like knees, hips, by all means, stand as much as you can throughout your day. Just take a few steps around your office. Do something with some motion at that sitting stuff. You know, they call sitting the new smoking. It's yeah. a problem. For sure. Yeah, no, I, I could easily see that for sure. Especially, as yeah. you mentioned, with the pandemic. I mean, people are sort of, uh, and a lot of times working from home. And I think you fall into, you could easily fall into some bad habits. Because right. maybe if you work in a, an office environment, usually you've got people around you. Maybe you're being more social. You're up walking around. You're talking with people, interacting yep. with people. Whereas now you're talking and interacting with coworkers is maybe via Zoom. And so, again, you're right. sitting um, and, and not standing and not moving around and walking around. Makes a huge difference. It's simple, simple stuff. It turns out we as humans, we are built to move and move frequently throughout our day. We were not built to be sitting. And our uh, metabolisms, you know, have not adapted to current lifestyles. And now in the midst of the pandemic, if you are seated most of the day, like you said, you're on Zoom or you're in Google Meet or you're with um, one of those Microsoft products, what is it, Microsoft Teams, something like that, mm -hmm. boom, you're just sitting. So you, if you don't have to sit for your meeting, don't stand up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely a huge fan of that. Yeah. So, so for presenteeism, here's another tip. And you can have presenteeism even if you're working from home. If you find that you're always tired after you eat your lunch, that is a great clue for you around what's happening with your metabolism, your blood sugar regulation, and your energy. So if you find you're doing that face plant into your desk, make sure that your lunch is filling and healthy. You want to emphasize the leafy greens, healthy protein, lean protein, and healthy fat. That stuff burns a lot longer and keeps your energy up. Whatever you do, don't make lunch super duper high in carbohydrates, like lots of rice, lots of potatoes, bread, things like that. Or you'll be doing the face plant at 2 p.m. on your desk and you'll be exhausted. So set yourself up to win. That's one way to avoid your own presenteeism. That's usually the on-ramp to not feeling well, is to eat crap for lunch. Don't do it. Eat healthfully as, you, as much as you can. Yep. Yep. Again, makes perfect sense. And I could relate again back to my corporate days it's funny i was just talking to mrs biz about this we uh there was a we, we were driving around town uh over the weekend and went past this uh this pizza joint that's been their local place they've got really good pizza and i remember at one point my office was very near that place and we would go i forget what day it was every tuesday or wednesday i think mm -hmm. they had some sort of special for our our jp morgan chase and employees and i would go there with one of my coworkers every tuesday or wednesday and <laughs> sit down and eat a whole bunch of pizza and everything else. And I remember those days of, you know, we used to joke about it because we knew it was going to happen that afternoon that, as you mentioned, you're going to have that face plant at two in the afternoon. You're going to be just dead tired all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. And any, any intention you had for, you know, getting the rest of your work done, having thought flow and, and intelligent choices, it, it, you've just so compromised yourself, you know, and you might not understand that relationship. So I wanted to make sure we're just really making that clear. You know, so my next tip goes to your beverages. This is the time when you really want to emphasize beverages that are just beverages and don't have added stuff. So specifically, you don't want added sugar. So if you're the person who runs out to go get coffee at your lo local coffee shop at three or four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm talking to you. Do not go <laughs> and make that your habit because usually what goes with that, Ken, is people start pouring in a ton of sugar. And mm -hmm. 
Similarly, even if it's a sugar substitute, you've now trained your body to expect this input of a sweet taste. So two things happen. If it's actual sugar, you've now wrecked your own blood sugar, which makes you tired, right? You do the face plant. Here comes mm -hmm. presenteeism. The other version is if let's say you do a diet thing, right? So it's got fake sugar. What you're doing is tricking your tongue. Your tongue tastes the sweet sensation from the fake sugar, right? The sugar substitute. Mm -hmm. But your brain is like, hey, hold on. We got a sleep taste. Where's the calories? And about an hour or two later, you're going to want to snack on some actual calories, not fake ones. This is how we get cravings and get into what I call the, the squirrel cage of wanting the things that will destroy health. That's how you can trap yourself. So the key, how you untrap yourself, is you learn to enjoy water again. Have herbal tea that's just plain, nothing added to it. Black tea that's plain, green tea, plain. Just enjoy the tea, or for that matter, coffee, whatever the beverage is. But get out of that habit of adding in the sweet stuff and give your tongue a solid two to three weeks to calm down because it takes about 10 to 14 days for this, the taste buds to regrow. So we'll take a minute, you know, to yeah. get out of that habit. Don't expect it to happen in a day, but give yourself a few weeks. Otherwise, here comes presenteeism. You will not be performing well because you're going to be feeling exhausted. You got to set yourself up to win in this situation. Man, I love it. Practical tips. These are things that we can all not only implement for ourselves, but for our teams to help limit absenteeism and presenteeism. Uh, and again, this week, our guest has been Dr. Beverly Yates, drbeverlyyates.com. Dr. Yates, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Glad to be here. Thanks so much for having us as a guest. I appreciate it. Yes. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week. And don't forget, as always, cash flow is king. This has been Mr. Biz Radio. To learn how to become part of Mr. Biz Nation, visit MrBizSolutions.com. For access to free weekly content, subscribe to the Mr. Biz YouTube channel and follow him on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. To listen to archive shows, you can find them on the Mr. Biz Solutions website.